so welcome and good morning um the topic that the lord gave me for us to look at today is the word of god and for the past few days couple of weeks actually there's one thing that the lord has been continuously trying to emphasize to me continuously trying to teach me about and continuously trying to lay on my mind and it is about the word of god and somewhere down the line i think we may have as christians ignored or if i may put it be little trivialized the importance of what the word of god is and what the word of god does and quite often we have forgotten what the word of god is quite often we have been ignorant of the importance of the word of god in our lives and so i god willing hopefully manage to reemphasize this importance of the word of god if we turn to psalms 19 psalms 19 verse 7 to 14 We'll just be looking at Psalms 19:7 to 11 first and then we'll look at the rest. Psalms 19:7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. rejoicing the heart the commandment of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes the fear of the lord is clean enduring forever the judgments of the lord are true and righteous altogether more to be desired are they than gold Yes, then much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them your servant is warned and in keeping them there is great reward. Let's look at each of those terms here. Law, testimony, statutes, commandment, judgments. And let's try and see what the Lord is really trying to say here. If you look at the first word there it says law The Hebrew word used here for law is a word called Torah In fact till today if you speak to a Jew if you ask him what's the Torah he will say that the Torah is basically the first five books of the Bible <clears throat> the entire law as given through Moses The first five books are considered as the Torah. 
the law to a Jew. Okay? But in reality, the law is, um, if you really look at the meaning, it's, it's a code, if, you, if I may put it that way. It's a code of law. A code of God's law. And if you look at, if you look at the Jewish law, basically the Jewish law was nothing but God's prescribed lifestyle, right, for us. The next word that we come across there is testimony. Any idea what the meaning of the word testimony is? Sorry? No, testimony. Like in general, if I understand the word testimony, what does testimony mean? In the general context, you know, in a newspaper, if you see something like the word testimony, what does testimony mean? Declaration. A, a declaration of truth, right? Um, that's what it has always meant, a declaration of truth. The word used in Hebrew is edut, and what it basically means is a solemn declaration. And now you have got the testimony of the Lord, so a solemn declaration, the solemn declarations of God. We move on. The next word there is statutes. The Hebrew word used for statutes is pikud. What it basically means is um, God's mandate or God's instructions or precepts. The next word we find in verse 8 the commandment of the Lord. Now, this word does not only mean um, the Ten Commandments. It's a word in Hebrew called mitzvah. Basically means instruction or ordinances, commands of the Lord. Remember, we are looking at this and reading this in the light of being a Christian. So if we are reading this in the light of being a Christian, we are looking at it from a point of view of a Christian. So it's not just the law that we are concerned with. We are not looking at the law as such. What we are looking at is what it really means. And that's what Jesus did, right? He took the law and he said, 
The whole law can be summed up in these two. The whole law and the prophets can be summed up in these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as thyself. He said, this is what the whole law hinges on. This is what it all hinges on. And so, what we are looking at is not just the Ten Commandments. But we are, what we are looking at is what commandments really mean. What does the commandments of the Lord really mean for us as a Christian? It just does not mean the Ten Commandments. It means the commands of the Lord. And there's another word that is very peculiar there. It's called judgments. The word judgment is a Hebrew word mishpat. Basically means um, verdicts, you know, decisions or verdicts in a case. That's what it means. Now, Look at that carefully. Look, look at the right hand side here. Law, God's prescribed lifestyle for us. Testimony, solemn declarations of God's statutes, God's precepts, mandates and instructions. Commandments, the commands of the Lord. Judgments, decisions or verdicts in a case. So basically the decisions and verdicts of God. If I ask you to look at just this side of things... And I ask you to look at one word that could summarize all of this. What would that word be? One word that would summarize all of this. What would it be? One word that would summarize for us the prescribed lifestyle of God. For us, the declarations of God. God's precepts, mandates, instructions commands of God and God's judgments. What would that one word be where all this is present altogether? What is it called? God. The word of God, right? That's what, that, that's what it all comes down to. It comes down to it being the word of God, right? Now, it's not just the Bible. It's the word of God. The Bible is just black letters on white pages. Right? But the word of God is when the spirit makes this alive to me. That's what the word of God really is. Now, look at what he says there. He says that the law of the Lord is perfect. It's perfect. Now, the word perfect actually means sound. It means wholesome. It just does not mean perfect as we understand it, but sound, wholesome. What does it say there? The law of the Lord is perfect, sound, wholesome, converting the soul, turning around the soul, changing the soul, turning around the soul, literally repenting the soul, converting the soul. Or turning around the soul. Right? If my soul is headed in one direction. Turning around the soul would mean turning the soul 
from one direction on which it is focused on to something else. So you see, look at that. The word of God, God's prescribed lifestyle for us through his word is sound and wholesome. Understand this. God's prescribed lifestyle for us, his word can turn a soul around because it is sound and wholesome. It is not partial. It is not little. It is not incomplete. At the same time, it is not deceiving. It is not lying. It is sound. There's no deception in it. It is sound. There's no contradiction in it. It is sound. Now many people are looking for philosophies or uh, uh, certain kinds of exercises or or certain types of uh, schools of thought to help turn their situation around. But the word of God says that the word of God is sound, wholesome, converting the soul turning around the soul so if we need to help or we need to check whether my soul is focused on something else rather than God's prescribed lifestyle I need God's prescribed lifestyle the word of God to show me be like a mirror to me to help me turn around my soul we can't do it in any other way we can't do it through an argument We can't do it through any other way. It is through the word of God. If we are leading somebody else also. To turn around. To turn around to Christ. To turn around to the Lord. It can't be done in any other way. The word of God. It's only the word of God. It's only when God. Reveals. It's not just word of. And and I don't mean. Just quoting scripture passages to somebody. No, 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 no. It's not about quoting scripture passages to somebody and we'll get to that. It's about the word alive. And so when I'm reaching out to somebody, when I'm trying to evangelize to somebody, the Lord will make his word alive to me and he will give me a word which I will speak out to that person and that person's soul will be turned around. Amen. And we've seen this so often. In our lives, right? So often we've seen this. Gives us a word that turns the soul around. The next one is the testimony of the Lord. Is sure. Now the word for sure basically is confirmed. Or trustworthy. Right? Um, It's, in Hindi you would use the word pakka trustworthy something you can trust on it's trustworthy making wise the simple very interesting is the word simple the word simple does not mean simple as we understand it okay the word simple actually means somebody who is open to instruction okay whether bad or good instruction It does not matter. A person who is open to whether bad or good teaching does not matter. But he is open to teaching. 
and sometimes such people are open to bad teaching and they are led astray and sometimes such people are open to good teaching and they are led on the right path now that's what the word simple means someone who's open to instruction look at what it says making wise the simple that word making wise is the same word used when a teacher teaches a student and imparts something that makes that student wise so making wise is basically teaching someone who's open minded to instruction someone who's open minded to instruction so the word of god these solemn declarations of the lord really make a person who is open to instruction rather than just being a leaf in the wind they make it makes that person wise this is the second thing that the word of god really does it brings wisdom to the mind of a person who is open to instruction somebody is not open to instruction nobody can help him but if somebody is simple enough to be open to instruction then that person it's the word that will teach wisdom literally so teaching someone who is open to instruction again i don't mean scripture passages just quote oh john 316 this will make you wise no 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 that is just by-hearted passages from the bible let's not run talking about what i'm talking about is the word the the greek word used here is rema it means a spoken word a personal word that the lord reveals at that very moment from his eternal counsel at that moment i remember a preacher who who his his um, his daughter had had just met with an accident she was lying in front of him she was dead the word the rema that god gave him at that moment is you will not you, you shall not die but live to proclaim the works of the lord and what the what this man did was just speak the word that was revealed at that moment to his daughter you shall not live you shall not die but live you shall live and not die you shall live and not die to declare the works of the lord you shall live and not die 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 the rema revealed at that moment resurrected that girl in 45 minutes you see that's what the word of god has power it's not just a scripture quotation that can make wise a simple person it's a rema that speaks out to the person that's that gets the person from just being open minded to any instruction to be open only to god that's wisdom foolishness is when you are open to anything anybody tells you anything you will just go kiran comes and tells you oh listen this water is good just drink this water avinash will come and tell you no that water is good just drink that water somebody else will come and tell you no 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 these stones are good these stones help in digestion just have these stones so you just go in any anyway any person is telling you just go that's foolishness well people who are simple tend to be foolish because they are open to any instruction but it's that openness to instruction that is their plus point because there the lord speaks to them 
and teaches them wisdom. The next word used there is the statutes of the Lord are right. The word right basically means right, just, not partial, just, not impartial, just. Not partial, sorry, not, not impartial, but, ju- but not partial, but just, straightforward. No mincing words, no, no hiding, hiding, no, uh, no saying yes and then saying no, 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 no. Very just, very right. If it says that uh, you shall not kill, it does not mean words. You shall not kill means you shall not kill. You will not kill means you will not kill. It's very, very simple. It's a straightforward, very just. The, 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 the judgment on somebody who is, who is rich, who has killed, and somebody who is poor, who has killed, is the same. He's just. He's a just God. See what it says there. Because the statutes of the Lord are just. They're straightforward. It rejoices the soul, the heart. It gives pleasure. It gives joy to the inner man, to the heart. It gives joy to the heart. Statutes of the Lord are right. Gives joy to the inner man. To the heart. What does that mean? Well, it means that if, if the word of God says, ask and you shall receive, no matter who you are, you ask and you will receive. Yes or no? When the word of God says, through his stripes and wounds, I was healed. No matter who you are, you can claim that healing for yourself. Amen? No matter who you are, you can claim that healing for yourself or for your family member or somebody who is who's, who's a loved one. You can claim it because you were healed. The healing has already been signed up on that cross. Correct? This gives joy because it is right. It is just. When Satan holds somebody bondage in sickness, in torment, the word of God is very, very just. It does not allow injustice it does not allow a bondage to continue it says no you have been set free he whom the sun sets free shall be free indeed you see it is just it is right it is not somebody it's not something that is in unjust it is not something oh no 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 you have done this so you have to continue in this bondage this is your lot no 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 it is just it is impartial it is straightforward and that's why the word of God gives joy to the heart amen it gives joy to the heart the next one is the commandment the mitzvah the commandment the ordinances of the Lord the commands of the Lord are, what does it say there? Pure. That word pure in Hebrew actually means clear or clean. And the impression that I get is of water. You see, if I have a good glass and I put water in it, I can see through it. 
and it will show me the right things. Correct? But if this water is not water, it's not clear, I will not be able to really see the right things. Correct? You see, it says that the commands of the Lord are clear, they are pure. And what do they do? It enlightens the eyes. Your eyes can see when light enters. You see, that's why when there's a room which is dark, there is no light entering your eyes. And things are there, but you can't see anything. Why? Because there's no light entering your eyes. The moment light enters your eyes, you can see. The light enters from, from, uh, from sources around us. The objects reflect the light. And we can see the objects that are reflecting the light. And objects that absorb all the light are basically black. And so we see them as black. Right? Objects that reflect light based on their reflection, based on what's happening, we can see a color. We can, we can really see because light is entering our eyes. That's the whole point. You see, the commandments of the Lord are clear. It enlightens, it allows light to enter into our eyes that we may see things as they really are. If you don't have the commandments... If you don't have the instructions and the commands of the Lord, if you don't have the word of God as this clear water, you will not be able to make sense of anything. There is no light. You will not be able to see and understand anything. It's these commandments that are clear like water and allow somehow light to enter your eyes. that You can see it and you will know what things are. Without these instructions, without the word of God, it does not happen. It does not happen through any other source of information. It does not happen through the news. It does not happen through any other article. It happens only through the word of God. You need enlightenment for your eyes. You need God to show you what is the problem. You need God to give you a solution to a problem that you have right now. You need enlightenment. You need to see things as they are. You want enlightenment? Ask God for his word. He will give you his word. And that is going to be a clear, pure, clean word that makes you see things as they are. The word of the world is muddled up. It's murky. It will not let you see things as they are. It will add a bias. It will add something else. It's not pure. It's adulterated. It's got mud in it. But the word of God is pure. It's clean. It's clear. It's crystal clear. You can see things as they are. And the last, the next thing, very interesting is what he sees next. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. You see, it's this word of God that inculcates a healthy fear of the Lord inside of us. Without the word of God, we can't have a fear of the Lord. We will have a fear of evil, but no fear of the Lord. And if you see throughout scripture, the, the one thing that has got the most amount of promises and blessings associated with it is someone who has the fear of the Lord. And so the word of God keeps saying, blessed is he who has fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of, the, you want long life? There it is. If you have fear of the Lord, you will have a long life. 
you want health there it is if you if you have fear of the lord it will be like health to your flesh it's all in there you see the most important blessings and promises that anyone, anyone can ever claim is for a person who has fear of the lord a reverence of god and awe of god and that's why the word of god says that we must tremble at his word we must have that reverence that fear of the lord how does that reverence really come about how does that fear of the lord really come about that comes about only through his word that comes about only through his word look at the next one there the judgments of the lord are true and righteous altogether the judgments the decisions the verdicts the judgment is very very clear by his wounds you have received healing that's a judgment it's a verdict that's very very clear it is true it is true it is true and it is right anybody can claim it anybody has got that availability anybody can can go up and and claim that provision that has been made the declaration of the lord the judgment of the lord is very clear he who believes will be saved that is available for anybody to claim you see these are judgments given by the lord and they are clear they are right they are true they are facts which are absolutely true and they are righteous altogether they are not they are not some true some okay some can be ignored no 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 they are all together in sync completely true and that's why you can look at the old testament and see that he says i am the lord that healeth thee and you look at the new testament and he's the same lord that heals he's not a different god it's the same lord the judgment as far as sickness is the same healing is what god desires the judgment as far as sin is the same salvation is what god desires you see that he speaks the man who turns from his life and obeys my voice he will live says the lord that's what's very clear throughout the old testament you look at the new testament and it's very clear for god so loved the world god desires that all be saved you see it's very clear it's the same clarity the same judgment is very very clear you see and that is why he says more to be desired are they than gold do you and i really desire the word of god more than gold what is gold the word used for gold here is gold it's pure gold why would anybody want gold for us to understand why to desire go uh, the word of god we need to understand why we need to desire you know what it means to desire gold why would anybody desire gold hmm? not really it's not about showing the riches why would you desire gold it's not about showing riches no it's about wealth right because gold is precious and investing in gold is like making an investment correct everyone thinks that gold's price the price of gold is just going to keep increasing and keep increasing so people invest in gold and it's an investment that's worth making that's what they think right 
it makes somebody wealthy. It makes somebody rich, wealthy. Right? It, 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 it's not storing in a bank. At the same time, it's investing in something. Gold. And somebody who's got a lot of gold will be very what? Rich. Very wealthy, right? Everything provided for. And this word fine gold is gold that is absolutely pure and absolutely costly. Imagine that. He says, more to be desired is this word, this rema from God, rather than fine gold. What is the world working for? What are they slogging out today for? They are slogging out for gold, right? Basically, to cut it, to, to, to make a long story short, they're slogging it out for gold. They're slogging it out for money, for wealth. That's what they're slogging it out for, correct? And here the word of God says, you're slogging out so much because you really desire the security, the money, the wealth. You want the provision that you get from the wealth and the money. And the word of God is very, very clear that it's the word of God that is supposed to be more desired. It's that which makes you rich. Because let's look at this. It helps in conversion of the soul. It makes you wise. It gives you joy. It enlightens your eyes. And it has judgments which you can claim today because they are absolutely true. That's what the word of God does. And so more to be desired is this word, this precious word, than gold itself. And then he goes on, he says, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Actually, the words used there in Hebrew are sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. You say, have you ever had honey? If you've had honey, it's nice and sweet. But if you had honey directly from the honeycomb and really taken the honeycomb and tried to suck the honey out of it, that is the most delicious honey you will ever have. It's the most tastiest and the most delicious honey that you will ever have. Right? And he says, sweeter. What happens when you have something sweet? It makes you happy. You really like the sweetness. It makes you happy. Right? In the same way, he says, sweeter than honey or even the drippings of the honeycomb is the word of God. Is he trying to make a, a figure of speech? No, no, no. He actually means what he says. You see, this word is sweeter. It makes you happier than just honey or the honeycomb. It's much more precious and much more sweeter. Then comes the real deal. Verse 11. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. This word warned actually means taught. By them your servant is taught. Somebody is taught. Teaching given to somebody. By them your servant is taught. Admonished. Corrected. And in keeping them. In keeping them. There is great reward. You see the reward is in keeping the word. Do we keep the word inside of us? What does it mean to keep the word inside of you? Say for example, somebody says something really nasty to you. Uh, something like, you 
are the most arrogant fool in the whole world. Now, all through the day, you just... It's just in your mind. You've kept it inside of you. And the more you keep it inside of you, the more upset you become. The more stressed out you become. Am I right? In the same way, he says, that may upset you, but the word of God will bring joy. So he says, keeping. In keeping it, there is great reward. In keeping it, there is great reward. It's when we keep the word of God, we make sure that it is in our hearts. It is kept inside of us. It is there. That's when we see the power of God in our lives. That's when we see the reward in our lives. I want you to shortly turn to Romans 10, 17. Actually, turn to Galatians 3. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 onwards. Paul says to the Galatians, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to know, learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain if, it invo- if, in- if indeed it was vain? Verse 5. Therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Remember, the church in Galatia really saw many, many miracles. It was a normal thing to see miracles in the church in Galatia. It was a normal thing. And so he says, he who works miracles among you. And those miracles were always worked out by the Holy Spirit. Not by any other spirit. By the Holy Spirit. You want a miracle in your life? It has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no other way. Look at that. The Spirit to you and works miracles. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer to that question? What's the answer to that question? Does the, do the, were the miracles worked amongst them by the working of law, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer? What's the answer to the question? Hearing of faith, not just faith. It's hearing of faith. Look at that. He says, hearing of faith. What did they hear? The hearing of faith. It's the word of God that they heard that increased their faith. And, and this is made absolutely clear in Romans chapter 10. Look at what Romans chapter 10, 17 says. Romans chapter 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing. Faith comes. If we feel that we don't have enough faith, if you feel that you don't have faith, then the good news is the word of God says that faith comes. It's not something that you cannot achieve. It's not something that you cannot receive. Not achieve. It's not something that you cannot receive. 
you can receive faith faith comes there is an assurance in scripture you don't have faith don't worry the word of god says faith comes you can receive faith what's the way by what hearing and hearing the word of god you see it's by hearing the word of god that we have faith now very interesting is the word used for word of god there the word used there is a word in greek called rema it is not the word logos now there's two words used in greek usually one is a word called logos and the other one is a word called rema logos basically stands for the eternal counsel of god the complete total word of god right it's also the word used to call jesus jesus was called the logos he is the word of god the complete counsel of god david says that the it is firmly fixed in the heavens right that's what he's talking about the word of god the complete eternal counsel of god that is fixed it's not changing it is fixed it is there it's the eternal counsel and we saw a manifestation of this complete eternal counsel of god in the form of jesus christ that's who logos that's what logos is rema on the other hand is a spoken word it's a word revealed by the spirit of god to you it's a word that god speaks to you now you can go over and say okay by the stripes and wounds of jesus i have been healed but when the lord speaks to you that word becomes alive so maybe the lord will give you another word maybe he will say see listen i am the god that healed thee and that becomes alive to you it's a personal god speaking to you god speaking his word personally for you to you and look at what it says faith comes and hearing by hearing and hearing what the rema the more we sit down every day trying to listen to the rema of god the more we have faith am i against studying and by hearting scripture no 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 that's not what i'm saying that's okay but that's not really going to bring about the effect that you're looking for the power the effect that you're looking for comes in through the rema nothing else so when you sit down and you're opening scripture and you're saying lord speak to me he speaks the word to you that becomes the rema to you and you keep that word you keep that word you keep saying it you keep seeing it the more you say it the more you're listening to it the more you say it the more you're listening to it and that activates faith inside of you you see that is the word that i'm really looking at that is what is that's that's this rema that is what is more precious than gold it is this rema that is sweeter than honey because you get that word at that particular moment for yourself 
for the situation that you are in. For you, it's God speaking from his eternal counsel, but he's speaking to you. That's Rema. And that's the difference between any other religion and Christianity. You see, every other religion has got a book which they read and by heart and this and that and this and that and they try to remember, oh, this is what it says, oh, that is what it says. But in, the, in Christianity, we have the Spirit of God himself who speaks the word to you. It's like a sword, the word of God says, a sword that pierces through the, through the you know, difference between spirit and soul, between bone and marrow. It's this, it's this sharp, two-edged sword that is given to you. Take. That's what it is. That's what gives us the victory over Satan. That's what gives us victory over the, over the things of the devil. That's what gives us victory over bondage. It's this rema. Right? What did Jesus do when Satan kept speaking to him and Satan tried to tempt him in the desert? Every time he fought it with a rema. Right? Satan said, listen, you know, it says that you can do anything you turn this bread into uh, stone into bread and you can eat it and you know nothing will happen to you and jesus speaks a rema the father through the power of the holy spirit reveals a rema at that very moment where jesus speaks out and he says man shall not live by bread alone but from every word what is that every rema that comes out from the word of, from the mouth of god See, that is a rema. It's not necessarily every time from scripture, right? It's not necessarily every time from scripture. Like for example, Peter was in the boat. Peter walks out. Peter was in the boat, sees Jesus walking on water. He says, if you, if you are really Jesus, tell me to walk on water. Tell me to come. And at that moment, what does Jesus say? Come. That was a rema. Come. What happened? Peter walked out. You see? Lazarus. Jesus had authority to raise Lazarus from the dead. But it was not the authority that raised Lazarus from the dead. It's the word. It's the rema. Lazarus, come forth. That made that dead man alive. You see? It's the rema that is spoken forth. It's the rema that is revealed at that moment. That comes. That is more sweeter than honey. That is more precious than gold. Because it is the rema that gives health. It is the rema that raises the dead. And, and Jesus makes it even more clear if you, look at, if you look at John 15. You look at John 15. And there it's made absolutely clear. And the word used there is the same word, rema. Verse, 17, verse 7 of, of chapter 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now look, let's look at that. If you abide in me and my rema abides in you. It's not just scripture passages that you're studying. He does not say, if you abide in me and you do a nice Bible study, ask for anything and shall be done. No, 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 no. He says, if you abide in me and my spoken rema abides in you, 
then you will ask for anything you desire and it shall be done for you. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Rema of God. That's why the Lord has been instructing us so much to tell everybody, to, to instruct everybody, to hear Him, to seek Him, to seek Him, to listen to Him, to listen to Him, to listen to Him. That's what the whole deal is. Again, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 1 to 3. Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for. That what you hope for, the substance of it. And the evidence of things that is not seen. A complete persuasion, a complete conviction of that which you cannot see. But you know it is what it's hoped for and you know it is going to happen. That's what faith really is. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Look at verse 3. By faith, by this conviction, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What is that? The rema of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Things that are seen were made out of nothing. Do you understand? It's by the rema. God spoke his rema to the void. And boom! The world was created. He said, let there be light. There was no light. He said, let there be light. And there was light. You see, that's what the rema does. There is power in his word. You look at Psalms 107. What does he say? That the people were in distress. They were in, they were in sickness. They were in distress. They were in trouble. And then what does it say? He sent his word and he healed their disease. See what does he send? He sent his rema. He sent his word and healed their disease. That is what really we need to understand. The rema, the word of God. More precious is it than gold. More sweeter than honey. We'll just end with Proverbs chapter 4. Which really tells us how to receive this Rema. Proverbs chapter 4. So Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by what? By praying? No. Faith comes by what? Does it come by praying? No. Does it come by going for a retreat? No, it comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Does it come by hearing other people's testimonies? No, 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 no. It comes by hearing the word of God. That's where faith comes. That's how true faith really comes. By hearing the word of God. The, uh, and the, the thing that we need to understand is this rema may be spoken to us through different ways. We sometimes ignore, we sometimes feel that, you know, okay... God will speak to me only when I'm sitting down in prayer and really asking him. But no, 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 no. That's putting God according to your agenda. That's making God work according to your calendar. But God does not work according to your calendar. God works according to his timing. We need to be open to listen. And so we need to trust God that God will speak to us when he wants to speak to us. Not just when we are sitting down in prayer. But he will speak to us when he wants to speak. So he might speak to us on the road. Maybe somebody will meet us and speak to us and say something. And that will be the rema God is using that person to speak to you. 
Maybe it will be something else that you came across. Maybe a, a, an article that you read of, of, a, of obviously regarding the word of God, regarding the faith. And, and something from there just strikes you and hits you. The rhema of God. We need to be open to the rhema of God. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 to 22. My son, give attention. This is God, the father, really speaking to us. Look at that. My son, give attention to my words. What's the first thing that he tells us? The first step. What is it? Give attention. Give attention. Are we giving attention to the Rema of God? When God speaks to us, are we giving it attention? Are we laying aside everything else and giving attention to what he's really speaking to us? Are we giving that unfocused, undivided attention? This is what the Lord said. The attention to the Rema. Are we giving? What does he mean by it? What is this? What is he really trying to say? The Rema. Are we giving it attention? Are we giving it the undivided attention that is needed? Give attention to my words. What's the next one? Incline your ear to my sayings. What does he say? Incline your ear. Now you can't incline your ear without inclining yourself. Right? You can't incline. What's mean to incline? To lean. You can't incline your ear without inclining yourself. What does that mean? We must listen with humility. We must listen with humility. Give attention to my words. You must listen. Incline your ears to my sayings. Incline. Let both your ears be listening very attentively and in all humility. Listen to what God is telling you. Verse 21. Do not let them depart from your eyes. That's where we fail quite often. We forget it. We keep it aside. We go on. Go on to the next day. New day. A new adventure. A new life. Every day we press a restart button. It's good. What about the rema that God spoke to you the previous day? Do you let it depart from you? Do not let it depart from you. That's what the word of God says. What's the next step? Keep. In the midst of your heart. In the center of your heart. This word needs to be there. Say God speaks a word to you. And he speaks a word to you and he says. Say for example. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. How am I going to make sure that this is in the center of my heart? I keep saying it, right? The more I keep declaring it, the more I keep saying it, it becomes a part of me. It becomes in the center of my heart. 
So what it says, give attention, incline, do not let them depart. Don't let it just be, ah, okay, such a beautiful word, no? Okay, now come on, what else do we need to do today? Let's move on. No, 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 no. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Let your focus be on what he has said. Keep them in them. We want to do so much. We want to go from one task to the other, one job to the other. We don't have time in our world today. Worst of all, we're seeing more and more that people in ministry don't have time for anything. Right? The word of God is very, very clear. It says, do not let them depart from your eyes. That rema that has been revealed to you, don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep your focus on it. Keep it in the midst of your heart. The more you keep declaring it, the more you're going to see the power of that rema. Verse 22. For these words, these sayings, these, this rema is life to those who find and health to all your flesh. It's life for those who find and health to all their flesh. You know what health to all their flesh means, right? That means no, no problems. Just health, complete health to all your flesh. No problems. That's what happens if we keep at this diligently. Giving attention, not inclining our ear, do not letting the words depart from before our eyes and keeping it in the midst of our heart. It becomes health to our flesh and life to all those that fight. We are so picky and scrupulous about small, small things, but we have to be giving our attention to what the rema is. See, that's what matters the most. This is where we need to put our focus on. This is where we need to put our energies on. Not on small, small things and small, small words spoken by this one and that one. But on this, give attention. Give attention. Not to somebody else, but give attention to my saints, says the Lord. Incline your ear in all humility. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Don't just let it go by. Keep them in the midst of your heart. The more you keep declaring it, the more it's in the midst of your heart. Right? That's, why, that's why when somebody has to study something, a child has to study something and says, okay, have you made this by heart? Now, what does it mean to make by heart? To make by heart means I keep saying it, I keep saying it, I keep saying it. And so that's how we've made the two times table by heart. Right? If I ask you two twos are what? We say four. Right? How does that happen? Because we have kept it in the midst of our heart. And the word of God says, keep the word of God in the midst of your heart. This will be life to those who find and health to all your flesh. To all your flesh, your complete flesh receives health by the power of this word. See, if we need, we need to let the word, the rema of God abide in us. That's going to bring about faith. That's going to bring about the power. That's going to bring about, you know, things that we're going to see. The unusual, the word of God says, God worked unusual miracles at the hands of Paul. We don't even see usual miracles. <laughs> right? We don't even see usual miracles. God worked unusual miracles in the hands of Paul. Which means what? Usual miracles were a part and parcel of everyday life in, in early Christianity. Usual miracles were a part and parcel of everyday life. Do we see even the usual miracles? Well, that's not happening because of a lack of faith. The good news is faith comes comes by what? By hearing.
In hearing what? Hearing the word of God. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your word, Lord. We thank and praise you, Lord, for the Rema that you have revealed, Lord. We thank and praise you, Lord, that it is your word that gives us power, Lord. That is your word, Lord, that brings about, Lord, the raising of the dead, Lord. That it is your word that heals, Lord. As your word says, you sent your word and healed their disease. Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, that you've given us your word because it has become health to our flesh, Lord, and life, Lord, to all those who find it, Lord. It is more precious than gold, Lord. It is more precious than gold, Lord. It is more precious than gold and more sweeter than honey or the honeycomb. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord Jesus.